Let me hit live here. Let's go. Oh, I've also given you share screen capability in case you got anything on your screen you want to. Awesome. All right, let's have a look. I think we might be live. Let's let's have a look. Let's have a look. All right, it looks like we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Running From Comfort. This is a Monday night live stream. Tonight, I am joined by Raf. He is broadcasting to us live from Facebook Jail. You can see his cells looking nice there. Raf, how are you doing, man? How's it going, Zach? Yeah, I'm doing amazing. Uh, thanks for bringing me on the show. Like, yeah, you know, I've been live, so I've been dying to say stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. And I also just want to say, uh, everyone, make sure you continue to follow Zach just because like there aren't many people doing what he is doing, um, putting himself out there. So I feel like it's an amazing thing um, and we got to support everyone that uh, that is playing a part in making sure that we're educating the community and making people aware of, of where we're going. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's good, man. And yeah, no, these are times where, especially now, you know, we cannot trust the media and we have to actually, you know, go out there and I guess either become the media ourselves or help elevate those that are actually out there putting out good information. So that is something that is extremely important. Um, I guess it's a good time to mention as well, if you're tuning into the live, make sure you smash the hearts, make sure you hit share, make sure that we get people on tonight's show um, so they can tune in for tonight's discussion. We're going to be covering a few topics. Uh, we're going to be covering who are the new terrorists in Australia at the moment. Goodness gracious me. Times are getting controversial. They're really making it hard to speak and have a voice at the moment. But look, before we get stuck into it, just because I know that we're going to have some people tuning into the show, either now live or later on that are from the US and the UK, where I've got some more followers as well. So for the people that don't know you, Raf, just give us a brief rundown of yourself and how you got caught up in this movement. Yeah, sure. So the way I got into this movement, oh, actually, so firstly, my name is Raf Hernandez, uh, 24 years old, living in Melbourne. The way I got into this movement uh, was back pretty much near the start of when this whole COVID stuff was going on. So as soon as the cases started popping up in different parts of the world, um, I remember watching a couple videos of Thanos Paniedis on Facebook. Um, the first time I watched his video, I'm like, far out. This guy's like crazy. He was just yelling at the, at the camera and just telling everyone what was going on. And it's like, I had never come across anyone that was like questioning the agenda at this point. And I saw it because a friend shared it. I sort of like watched half the video and then I got off, but I, I knew this guy was onto something. And then I saw him come up on my feet again. And then I just decided to watch it, like the whole thing. And I'm like, far out, this guy is onto something. Like it, this all makes sense because he was pointing out how there was like a certain amount of cases in China. It was like a, a ridiculous amount. And then like just a hundred kilometers down or something like that, there'd be like 10 cases. And then even further away on the other side of the world, there'd be tens of thousands of cases. So like the numbers just weren't adding up at all. Mm. Um, and then Thanos ended up making a, a group called 99% Unite. It's us versus them, or it's us and them. And then after that group got to about um, a few thousand members, <coughs> excuse me, I asked him to be, uh, if I could be a moderator to help out, because it was like a lot of trolls and stuff saying, no, you guys are wrong, blah, 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 how it still is today. Uh, and then, yeah, became a moderator, started making videos myself. And ever since then, I've just continued with it. Like, I'm so passionate about this. And obviously, we, we still got to be here today. Like, I'd rather be talking about things that like to progress the world even more. But 
I think this is like the, the um, ultimate thing you can be talking about at this time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's kept on going. These, these agendas haven't stopped. So I'm going to stay here for as long as I can. Yeah, I f- completely feel what you're saying there as well. I didn't set out to be a podcaster, to be, I guess, a truther or somebody trying to mm. go out there, talk about the controversial things that are not being talked about. I wanted to just make a show that would be about inspiring people and you know, telling stories about entrepreneurship and people's cool stories. And like you said, there's not really much else that's more important right now because this is going to affect, or this already is affecting every single one of our lives, absolutely everything going on right now. And we're in a middle of a sea of an information war. I believe at a much deeper level, we're fighting a spiritual war as well. Um, I really do think that this is in some way, shape or form, this is good versus evil. And right now we're on the front lines. They are censoring us. Uh, We want to have peaceful assembly, which is something that's protected under our Victorian Charter of Human Rights. And yet the cops come and they start assaulting people. Um, And it's just absolute wild. It's like, you not allowed to talk about these things you're not allowed to spread the message you're not allowed to get out there they just want to silence us at every mm. single opportunity and yeah. so you've recently just been spending some time in facebook jail so why don't we begin how did you wind up in facebook jail what happened here raf yeah so i've been in facebook jail a few times now but it was just ridiculous how this happened so when i went up to the reporter uh susan della basic because she wrote an article uh, I believe it was on the Herald Sun. Yeah, it was the Herald Sun about myself, Fanos, Nick Patterson, and a few others calling us uh, cult leaders. Um, and she, it was just basically a, a defamatory article. And I went up to her and I told her how I felt about it, um, how you know uh, people have been sending me all types of messages because of the misinformation that she's uh, shared to other people. So that video, when I recorded it, it got taken down by, by Facebook because apparently there was abuse and harassment. I just know that it got reported a ton of times. Um, so Facebook took it down. I disagreed with the decision and then Facebook put it back up. And then 10 minutes later, they banned me for 30 days because of that exact same video that they allowed to be put back up. So I don't know how that happens. And obviously we can't do anything about that. Mm. Yeah. And that's, this is the world that we live in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe at some point they're trying to censor you already. So they're just like, no, nah, this guy's on thin ice. Like if we can yeah. get him, let's, let's pinpoint him. Cause you know, you're out, you are out there and you're putting out really good information into the community and it's especially the information that they are trying to stop. They're trying to silence. They're trying to put an end to, um, Look, let's transition forward a bit. Let's talk about what happened on Saturday because there was also some reporting in the media about what happened on Saturday. So why don't, why don't just to start with, let's, let's read what I'll, I'll just read out. I'll share my screen here. What channel nine or nine news had to say about um, Saturday. So I believe I'm sharing on the right screen here. I've got two monitors happening. So, and you know, Just this first statement, fears vaccine hubs could be targeted as online chatter spikes. And then they start talking about RDA's event on Saturday. So clearly here, what I can deduct from what the media is doing is they're trying to link some form of what they believe could be some type of domestic terrorist attack with Reignite Democracy Australia. And you also spoke at this event as well. So it's almost like as if they're trying to link you into this as well, which is, it's, it's very shocking, but we'll, we'll just, I'll read out this article and we'll, we'll talk about this. So it's feared anti-vaxxers could target COVID-19 vaccine storage hubs with online activity from protests spiking in recent days. A special team of AFP detectives has been appointed by the federal government to watch the online interactions of the 
anti-vaccination movement, anti-vaccination. I mean, mm. see already they just, it's like they go there, they don't listen. They just report what they want to report. Previously, those interactions were measured at 200 a day. It was probably a lot more than that. But recently, they've skyrocketed at 6,000 a day. I can guarantee you it's probably more than 6,000 a day. It's oh, probably course. 10 to 100 times that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, carry on. An anti-vaccination protest was held in Melbourne last week, while yesterday, a peaceful protest. I like how they actually reported it as peaceful, which it was. 200 people. Was it really a protest, though? That's my other question. I don't think it was. 200 people staged outside Health Minister Greg Hunt's office. Among the fears, some anti-vaxxers is the idea that the COVID-19 jab could alter a person's DNA. It's basically about informed consent, one of the protesters outside Mr. Hunt's office said yesterday. Well, at least they reported that because that's probably the most accurate statement that's been in this article so far. Um, and then they just talk about, you know, over 30,000 people vaccinated already. They talk about the two people in Queensland. I reckon that story... There's probably some truth to it, but there's probably some garbage because they're trying to cover up the fact that a couple of old people were potentially going to die from the Pfizer jab. And I think we already know, you've been paying attention around the world. You've seen the reports of the nursing homes where they go in there, they start jabbing everybody who's over 65, that this thing has not been tested on at all. And then the next thing you read, like half the nursing home that's been jabbed has died. But mm. no link to the jab, by the way, none at all. Mm. Yeah. So this is how the mainstream media reports it. So they first say, we've got, we've got fear of a potential domestic terrorist attack. You know, they're going to target vaccination hubs and there's a protest outside Greg Hunt's office. What actually really happened on Saturday, Raf? So basically, uh, uh, sorry, Monica and Morgan, they were just talking about basically uh, how Greg Hunt has been lying to the public um, and he's trying to uh, pursue his own agendas um, in favor of the vaccine manufacturers. That is really what it was all about. There was no talk of going against vaccines in any way uh, at all at that event. Sure, there was one sign that someone put up about uh, that the fact that it alters your DNA. Uh, but besides that, that was not what it was about. And it was more so about education and encouraging other people to do their research and, and look into it. I don't understand where the talk about attacking vaccination hubs came from at all like mm. at all i haven't seen that anywhere and like who could even pull off such a thing actually going into some sort of facility and being able to find where they're storing these vaccines and mm. destroying them or doing something to them it's just so out there and ridiculous and as you said they're trying to label the people speaking up about vaccines as, as terrorists or of some sort. And, and who knows what types of rules they're going to put in place to ensure that people actually don't probably like end up protesting at certain um, places where people are actually getting the jab and stuff like that. Because right now it is legal to do so as long as you're under a group of a hundred. So really they, they shouldn't be able to stop you. Uh, yeah. Protesting in, in that way. Mm. What is it, I mean, like, what does it say about the state of what we're talking about when we just want to be able to go have our voices heard about some real and genuine concerns? Mm. And then the media spins it as these are dangerous people. Because this is what I see. There was the article and it was on the Herald Sun newspaper and it was getting shared around. And the wording was police in Victoria are putting together a hit list of anti-vaccination protesters. 
Mm. It's like, so we're here just trying to share information. And for the most part, the information we share, it's coming from the science. It's coming from the government websites. It's coming from the horse's mouth. And we're just sharing it because either the media is completely ignoring it or the media is spinning a completely different story on the facts to fulfill some form of agenda. And so all we're doing is talking about information as free human beings in a democratic society. And they're painting us like we're some fringe radicalized, militant, um, ready to attack storage facilities. What's going on? Why is there so much pushback? Well, we already know since the very beginning of this whole COVID situation is that the, the vaccines were already being talked about at the very, very beginning by Bill Gates, the one who hands his, who has his hands in all of these, in all these companies. Um, and as you can see there, I forgot what the number was on the article where it said uh, it was about the comments about a certain amount of comments talking about vaccines. And now there's like thousands of comments a day, but they never touch on what those comments are actually touching on. Like why not, speak about what we're speaking up about and and why have the numbers of people speaking up against vaccines increased like they just try mm. to uh, shove it along they try to push it to the side saying the numbers are increasing they don't talk about why uh, and they just call us anti-vaxxers because i don't know about you but i if there was nothing if there was nothing wrong with vaccines i wouldn't be wasting my time talking about it for one second not one second we got better we've got more important things to talk about but the fact that the community and, and you saw that that gathering people traveled for hours and hours just to get to that spot mm -hmm. just to raise awareness with each other and i don't think people would be gathering like that and and like the major protests that we saw the week before and then one that we're seeing in a in a few weeks time these people aren't coming together because of misinformation and because they all think it's just going to alter your dna there's a, a whole lot more dangerous things to do with it and, and that's exactly why vaccine companies have no liability for injuries and death you have to ask yourself these questions why is this the case Mm hmm. And I think that is also probably one of the more telling points. And people say, oh, I hear a rumor that there's no liability for the manufacturers. And correct, it's not a rumor. It is a fact. They have no liability for this complete and utter experiment. And somebody told me off the other day on my normal social media, because I, I, I've, I've stopped posting as much stuff on my, my normal social media, but I still do, because I'm like, no, this is useful information. And I try to do it in less confronting forms, but I, I just refer to it as experiment. Someone was like, how dare you? How dare you? And I'll, I'll just sidetrack here just for a moment. I'll just just for this video, just, just for the sake of this, it is not an experiment, but what does the federal health minister, Greg Hunt, whose office we were at actually say in his own words? answer. The world will, is engaged in the largest uh, clinical trial, the largest global vaccination trial ever, and we will have uh, enormous amounts of data. But what's the message for the public? Just before he gets to the message, the largest clinical trial. What do you call that? An experiment, an experiment. And then to go from that, where we've got no outlook or outset of long-term safety data for him to then after saying that make these next few claims i mean if people start getting injured from this jab i hope they're ready to hold greg hunt liable for these words he's about to say here it's safe it's effective it will help protect you but it will also help protect your mom and dad your grandparents 
uh, your nonna, uh, all okay. of Australia. Like your mum, your dad, your grandparents, your nonna. And what is the age bracket that this has not been tested on? The, the over 65s? And he had to mention grandparents in two different languages there as well. Hmm. I mean, you, you, got, you got to start asking some questions if you haven't already. That's... He's making a lot of promises for companies that have no liability for injury or death. A lot mm. of promises. And, but mm. at the same time, what we know is that they have to tell you, they have to tell you everything that they're doing. And if there's no pushback, then they go, okay, sure. Like we've told you. And, and if you take the jab, it's like, sure. He's told you straight up. It's a clinical trial on a global scale and people that don't question that and who are stupid enough to go ahead and have this jab, then it's like, there's you, you've been told, but yeah, but at the same time, we know that they are being uh, untruthful to us and they, they're basically lying straight to our face just to prom profit themselves. Um, because I'm sure they're being paid off in the background and to obviously continue the, the big pharma companies uh, from profiting because we know that pharmaceutical companies can't profit if they don't have uh, sick people coming to them. To, mm. for medications and, and whatever else they need going forward in their life. Yeah. And this is one of the things that I don't understand. I think a lot of people have a general understanding that big farm is not your friend and they know that big farmers corrupt and they know that they lie and they suppress about trial results and they push medications and do like illegal marketing and they bribe physicians and they do all these horrible things. They get people hooked on their medications and people start ODing and they start dying. You know, America's gone through a mad opioid crisis with all the medications they push over there. They get young kids hooked on ADHD medications and antidepressants and a whole range of things. Right. And people are like, wow, big farmers disgusting. And then in the same breath, they're like, Oh, there's nothing wrong with vaccines. Hmm. And it's like, how come you can't ask the question? I mean, to me, I think everybody's stuck in such a state of fear at the moment that to actually ask that question just shatters the illusion of the reality that's playing out in the world that they see. And they're too mm. scared of us being right. And, and I, completely, I completely get that because like, I, I, I pray to God that like I'm wrong about some of the things that I think could be going on behind the scenes as to why this might be some form of a nasty, evil agenda against humanity. And I just pray I'm wrong about these things. So every time somebody challenges me, I'm like, hey, like, like what information do you have? Like, I want somebody to like prove me wrong on some of these points, but they never do. do you, have you ever had somebody give you like a good piece of information to dispute some of the claims you've been making? No, not really. A lot of them, when they say, oh, how can you say COVID's fake? Look at the numbers in America. But like, how can you trust numbers coming from an inaccurate PCR test? You don't know who these people were. You don't know how many co comorbidities they had. Did they do the autopsy on them to say that they actually did die of COVID? Uh, where did the flu go? How come those numbers have flatlined? How come... Uh, hospitals and families are being paid out tens of thousands of dollars um, to put down people as, as COVID deaths. Why were people being paid off to go for their PCR test to see if they've got COVID or not? Why are they being paid as well if they tested positive? Like there, there's so many things that you need to ask yourself and, and it all just wraps around the same thing. Like they're, they're all leading towards that same uh answer when you when you realize that things don't quite add up 
and and as mm. you said and, and yeah that, that's basically what i say like they don't touch on on the fact that the majority like 99.98 whatever the percentage is of people that recover and that's that's people that have recovered based on the inaccurate pcr tests at the start that's that's basically everyone of old age just being put down as a covert death so mm. Yeah, so I haven't really gotten anything good from people in terms of that, in terms of information. Um, and I was going to say, you you touched on something just before. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, you said something else. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll keep going. <laughs> All right, right. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep going. All right. Um, so so look, let, let's go to deaths for a minute. Let, let's just, let's just focus on here just for just for a short moment because in the UK, for example, right. And I've read this on the UK government document. I don't have the link up right now, but seriously, look this up if you don't believe me. A COVID death in the UK is put on your death certificate if you have died within 28 days of a positive PCR test result. They will put COVID on your death certificate. That's their official death count. As well as that, they keep a secondary death count that's not the official one, but they keep it anyways, of people that have died within 60 days of a positive PCR test result. Now, Right in the thick of it, especially like here in Victoria, uh, when Daniel Andrews is getting up and doing the Powerball numbers numbers every day, and you know we had that ninety one ninety year old and a hundred year old and two eighty year olds all died of COVID. Well, with COVID, I mean, uh, 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 you know, doing his whole charade, right? Doing a press conference every day, drilling the fear in. Um, I'm not sure in terms of Victoria, but I read a WA government document that said it was based off the advice they'd gotten from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. This is from the coroner's website in Western Australia that said they could diagnose a COVID death based on symptoms. And so I'm just like, they're taking people dying in palliative care with not even maybe a week or two left to live. And I wonder how many of these people that died during that period actually even tested positive on the inaccurate PCR test I wonder how many of these people they might have just diagnosed off of a symptom, given that was the direction they were given by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And when I tried to bring this to light to people, a lot of people on my personal social media got mad at me. Oh, you don't care about people. You're not empathetic. You don't care about deaths. I'm like, nah, these lockdowns are destroying people's lives. And the, I, don't, I didn't think they were justified. I'm like, look, they're spinning the numbers just to do this whole charade. And yep. now I'm seeing the media posting articles because you know eventually the media has to start seeping the truth out after some time and you know we're talking like eight nine months down the track now like oh they they lied and put COVID on my grandfather's death certificate now the mainstream media is starting to just slowly seep out little stories of it Mm. and by this point people forget they don't even care yeah yeah but it was yeah even Brett Sutton I'd mentioned he even said uh, on one of the press conferences that even if an individual is presumed to have died of COVID, even if they never tested positive, they were actually put down as COVID. So that was happening here in, in Victoria as well. Mm. It's, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, I, I seriously don't know how you're able to keep up a charade like that for so long. Like I, I'm still holding out that this house of cards is going to come crumbling down at some point. Mm. Um, but what about quarantine the hotel quarantine fiasco oh, yeah. i i can't believe how embarrassing the second one was and isn't it just ironic right you know let's just put my crazy tin foil hat wearing batshit crazy conspiracy theorist hat on isn't it just crazy that like a day after the most embarrassing hotel quarantine fiasco the second time it's been bungled within a day we're talking about camps he's got billionaire friends already funding it 
What do you think, Raf? Yeah. I'm curious. Well, it's interesting because the, there was screw-ups with the hotel quarantine for a long time here in Victoria and also overseas. So there was sa the same and very similar stories happening in the UK and the US about uh, like workers having contact and sexual contact, whatever, with people in hotel quarantine. So, so they're all doing this around the world. Like people think that this is just an Australia thing, but we need to understand that this is a global agenda and, and you see that it is happening in those other countries. And of course, uh, Daniel Andrews, of course, wants these camps to be built up because he can't keep on extending this state of emergency. We can't be in the state of emergency to, forever. But the whole fact and the whole reason that we're still in this is because of all the, all the stuff happening with hotel quarantine. What are we going to be doing with international travelers? What are we going to be doing with people that are testing positive? Where are we going to take them and stuff like that? And that's his solution. So he'll just say, all right, well, in order to stop these um, state of emergency, because we obviously need it as long as we're using the hotels, we're just going to build up our own camps around Victoria and around all the other states. So what are these camps for? Like, why were, why were these hotels where we've paid tens of millions of dollars to these workers and for the whole setup of it, who knows where all that money's gone anyway. But with that aside, they were, it was being screwed up on purpose. And, and these people that are in these hotel, in these hotels, they're being tested every single day. So as long as they're getting positive results, they're able to continue to push this narrative of outbreaks here and there, or this, this contact here, this close contact, this mystery case, mystery case there, all the other different cases we're talking about. And it's quite obvious to me that the camps are, are quite a big and a very serious thing. Like mm. we've been speaking about these camps and uh, at least for myself, like I've been aware of the new world order. I never, never spoke up about it before 2020, but I've been aware of it for since mid high school, like very long time ago. And I always knew about these camps. I always knew about them, like these uh, FEMA camps in, in the US, different countries, even in Australia, we've apparently got one in, in Broad Meadows or something like that. And that in the US, they ordered like 30,000 guillotines. I know this is crazy. Let me let me get my Tim Four hat on for the people that think I'm talking crazy here, but you can go search it up. They, they ordered like 30,000 guillotines in the US. What do you need them for? I saw... In, in these camps in the US where people are recording around them, they've got all these uh, plastic caskets like to put dead bodies in. It's like, why are there hundreds of thousands of caskets around these camps? And why are they always being surveilled? And now we're seeing the rollout of camps to start to begin in Australia. Mm. And I see it as a, a perfect opportunity to get the people who are seen as threats to your agenda, people that are speaking up, with all these facial recognition cameras being put up all over Australia, eventually you'll go to a, sh a shopping center or something and they'll say, oh, we saw you, you, you walked past this person that tested positive. You need to be go and you need to be taken to this camp to, to get tested or whatever. And they can keep you in there for as long as they can. They can continue. Mm. If you're a threat or something like that, they can continue <laughs> to be giving you a test that's going to keep on testing positive and there's nothing that you can do about it. Mm. So it, it's a very deep hole that goes there. And, and once again, it's about people that are too scared to face 
uh, any other alternative narrative as to what they believe, thinking that this virus is actually a deadly virus, the, the governments all around the world are doing it for our safety, whatever. But once they open themselves up to the fact that something's not quite right, and then they see everything coming together, all the strings attaching, then it's a reality that these camps are going to be used for a lot more than just getting uh, people that are return travelers uh, or whatever. The scary thing is, and this is the scariest thing about it, in my opinion, is just how on board the public opinion is with these camps. You go to like the mainstream media sites anytime there's like a hotel quarantine and people are like, oh, why aren't we having people quarantine on like Christmas Island or why haven't we built camps? And how come you just keep letting them out of the hotel quarantine? It doesn't work. Mm. Bring on the camps. We need camps. And it's like, how did you warp society's mind and think it's a good idea to start throwing people in camps? When did people stop learning World War II history mm. is my question, which is interesting. Just as a side note, I recall a bit more than 10 years ago now hearing out of the US that they had stopped teaching World War II to students because it was too distressing and we needed safe spaces. And mm. isn't it interesting? Now a lot of people lack this knowledge of what the world's been through. And we've got, for example, countries like Israel where their government passes a law to start making lists of unvaccinated people for local authorities to encourage them, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, and you would have thought, wait, couldn't they have learned from what they've been through in World War II? And mm. what about here in Australia? We're talking about police putting together lists of anti-vaccine protesters because they, they've got fears that someone's going to attack vaccine hubs. And like we said before, no one's ever heard or said anything like that to any of our knowledge. Like I'm sure you're around quite a few Facebook groups. I'm around quite a few different groups. I've never seen anything or heard anything like that. It's mm. insane to think that they can just publish that. Now I want to be objective here for a moment. Let's just say that there might be a fringe person or two that might've made one off remark comment about that somewhere in a message or in a group. Let's say if that's a real thing, I think Victoria police should absolutely go after that i'm not on board with any form of violence or any form of destruction of property or anything like that and for the people who want to get the vaccine that's fine like our job here is to give people information so they can have some form of informed consent because they're not going to get that from the government or from their um they might get it from their gp if they ask for it but they might have to dig in and poke a couple of times before they get an answer mm. but to then suggest that this whole movement is some kind of fringe movement that's going to be attacking vaccination hubs and storage facilities. And then, like you said, we're talking about camps here. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't take too much of a crystal ball to be able to see in the future, but where do you see this going? Well, I don't see it going anywhere good. Uh, I want to touch on quickly on about attacking those storage facilities. It's like we've seen Victoria police uh, put out hundreds and hundreds of police officers for a protest, for pe peaceful protesters, and they want to kettle us. It's like, how about you just put two police officers at each of these facilities just to make sure that people don't do this? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's pretty simple, considering all the amount of money that you've been uh, spending to try and silence people just speaking up at a park, number one. But when it comes to these these camps i do believe there will come a time where individuals 
probably like you and myself who are speaking up will be uh will be taken i do feel that but obviously you're going to want to get out of the area before they really start ramping this up there was a project it was either project cypher or projects uh pogo it was one or the other you could search it up where there was this individual speaking up about these uh these white house highly classified uh projects that were going on and this person died like a couple of days after he released these audio pieces and he talked about the fact that we were going to have blackouts uh, and there were going to be worldwide blackouts because too many people are waking up. Mind you, he's talking about this in 2019 and he did speak about the, the scenario of COVID, like something like the flu being an excuse uh, to get rid of certain people. So anyways, he was speaking up about, um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Um, so he's, he pretty much died. So what happened? Yeah. So he died. He was speaking up. Um, oh yeah. Power outages. So I'm convinced that, and what he said is that when there are power outages all over the world, it will happen in Australia as well. I'm sure because the world economic forum leaders have already been warning about uh, cyber attacks and, and having a major economic uh, impact on the world that will make COVID look like nothing. But this is where uh, the, the people, I don't know who they are, but the people that are controlling these agendas and wanting what they want, this is where people will be pulled out of their houses and removed from their homes when there are power outages and when the lights are dark. Because when everyone does not have power, uh, and it could be for weeks, months, because the way they're speaking about it, it's not like the power outage is going to be for a few weeks. They're talking about major economical damages. Uh, mm. no, people aren't going to be able to go to work. The public transport will be out. You won't be able to go to supermarkets. You won't be able to pay for your food. You won't be able to go to the bank. You won't be able to get money out. None of that. And that's why we see us going, to a, going into a full cashless society as well. It all ties in. Mm. But yeah, I feel like people are going to be taken out of their homes during these times. Uh, the people that are speaking up will either be, I reckon they'll either be killed or yeah, they will just be taken to these camps. No one will know. No one will know a thing because everyone, no one uh, was smart enough or the majority weren't smart enough to uh, have self, to have self-sustaining homes with uh, solar power, generators, batteries, whatever, all of that. Mm. Um, and yeah, that that's where I see it going. And because we know these people at the top they want to control the way we have food as well um you also should not be relying on on their food sources and, and supermarkets as well because there's going to come a point where i'm sure during these power outages because everyone's already gotten used to lining up for a COVID test uh waiting for hours and hours i'm sure it will be the same thing for a power outage people will be going to facilities they will be scanning their face with a facial recognition screen um, and then they'll be able to receive their meal. And whether it's one or three meals a day, this is where I see these things going. Um, mm. It obviously it gets a whole lot worse. This is just, this is really just like the beginning of, of where this is uh, with what they want, because as they say, uh, you own nothing and you'll be happy. So it's mm. funny how the most powerful people, the ones that have everything and own the majority of assets in the world, they're the ones telling us that we'll be happy owning, no uh, owning nothing. But yeah, there, there's a whole range of things to talk about <laughs> on that aspect. But yeah. 
Yeah, I, I want to rewind you just a little bit there. So in particular, you're referring to the World Economic Forum. And for those who don't know, it is <laughs> the World Economic Forum. It's it's like all the like richest kind of people, oh, they get together and they're just like, oh, look, let's just talk about some scenarios for the future. And then you get Klaus Schwab and he's like, ah, yes, we're going into the fourth industrial resolution. Yes, and you'll own nothing, as you say, and you'll be happy. And essentially, they've been putting together these ideas as to how AI is going to integrate with society and how we're going to need a radical shift and a radical change to our lives so that we can combat climate change. And then a thing called COVID-19 happened and Klaus Schwab is like, ah, this is perfect. We can finally make people change their lives to save the climate. And it's crazy because what they say inherently is what starts playing out in the world, which is what gets us people that sometimes wear a tinfoil hat and become batshit crazy conspiracy theorists go, didn't I hear so-and-so say that there was going to be this like a year or so ago? Like, for example, you said Bill Gates talking about the vaccines woke you up a little bit, right? Well, you're already aware. So similar to you, I've been quite aware about like new world order agendas and stuff like that. And you look into it and it's like everything that they say is going to happen happens. And you think, well, that's crazy, but you can kind of forget about it and live a normal life. Up until the point, I think COVID-19 was like a big wake up call because at this point you can't ignore it anymore. And now it's like everything you've been reading about and hearing about for years is like slowly playing along. And then, so Bill Gates gets on TV. And at this point, I'm actually quite concerned about COVID. It's very early on in the crisis. You know, what we're hearing from China just sounds atrocious. You've seen videos come out from there of like people dying in the streets. It looked like the Spanish flu on steroids. And then Bill Gates gets on TV and goes, Oh, nothing goes back to normal till everybody's vaccinated. And I'm just like, mm. and I thought, well, wait, wait, wait a second. Let's rewind that. So I watch clip again. I'm like, I've heard him talk about this before. And then of course he had the Ted talk five years prior about um, a virus pandemic sweeping, <laughs> uh, taking the world by storm. But you go five years prior to that. And he's his famous Ted talk. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the clips from now where he's talking about the overpopulation of the planet and needing to help sustain the climate. And he's got, you know, we got population, we got this, we got that. And how are we going to depopulate the planet? Well, if we do a really good job with healthcare, reproductive services and new vaccines, we can lower the population. And it's just like, mm. hang on a second, like rewind that again. And then it's just like, holy shit. And he's telling us this 10 years ago. Mind you, forget about the fact that like his family heritage is like eugenesis, which is like a whole nother discussion. And it's crazy. And so one of the things you're talking about is going to be coming out next, which I've heard too, is the blackouts. Now that's yeah. something that's God awful scary. Um, I mean, like what, what, what do you think we can do if, if, if this is going to be an inevitable thing, blackouts, like what should we be doing now? So I feel like everyone should be looking to move out of the city because we know that the way that these people in power get their way is by bringing us closer and closer to the city. So everyone has to abide more so by the rules. Because imagine if everyone was just spaced out everywhere, they wouldn't be able to do a thing in terms of what people do in their lives because they'd be so just like relying on themselves and less on the actual system. So this is where we've come. So for me, I'd say get out of the cities because there's going to be power outages and you're going to need to be able to feed yourself during these times you don't want to be relying on this synthetic meat that bill gates wants to bring out for the world when it comes out um so i would say get some land um in the country in the bush something like that uh where you can be around water i would be looking into 
growing vegetables, just plenty of vegetables, having uh, animals as well, and really just getting started. Like, I feel like everyone should be doing this like right now and getting educated. Like there's no time to waste with this. I would look into uh, solar power batteries, uh, all of that. So you can also have enough electricity to power up whatever you need to power up. Also gas, I would get plenty of gas, firewood. Um, I feel like those are the main things, um, but especially being able, <laughs> excuse me, especially being able to um, provide for yourself and, and the people around you and whoever you choose to come with you, uh, that you can all continue to live and, and stay tr strong together with these times. Because like they're telling us, they're telling us this is going to happen. So you don't want to just know it and not do anything about it. That's, that's so important. Like you don't want to come the time in a few months time or more, whenever they choose to do this. I feel like it's going to be after they roll out the vaccines, because I feel like they want everyone injected and poisoned first, uh, and then they can go ahead with this, but you don't want to be aware. And then like this time next year, when straight away with no warning whatsoever, the power goes out on everyone in the world because of some cyber attack. Um, and then you're sort of left to rely on the system because mm. I'm sure like yourself, if you don't have land or something like that, or you don't know people that are out on the farm, like me at the moment, I know I wouldn't be able to provide for myself for more than a couple of weeks at all. Like, and that's just the truth. Um, so you need to not rely so much on their systems. Um, and I know this is going a little off topic, but I want to say about what you said about Bill Gates, uh, mm. talking about vaccines and stuff coming up. We also saw a event 201 which was the coronavirus pandemic simulation which happened in october of 2019 so just literally a couple months before the actual coronavirus uh pandemic happened um and and the main topic of discussion in this is where all the world leaders came together and i believe jane helton was the australian representative all the most powerful people came together uh, as to what they were going to do when it came to such a pandemic. And the main topic of discussion was how they were going to vaccinate the majority of the population. And, and most importantly as well, how they're going to vaccinate those who do not want to be vaccinated. This was mm. the main topic of discussion, right? So yeah, there's, you can, you can say that as well. Like, how is that a coincidence? And they said it came from a bat at a market as well. It was like a bat or pig, like whatever. <laughs> it was, it was spot on, but it was, uh, I think it was in South America instead of China in event yeah, 201. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. They, they literally just tell you the playbook. So that's the way that we can sort of prepare. But mm. I mean, from your perspective, like, is it too late? Because I know there are people on that yeah. are on the front lines we're like we're fighting for australia you know we've got people like monica and morgan you've got people like yourself you've got i guess people like me like everyday people like we're, we're standing up we're going to say no because the biggest thing that they would need to push forward an agenda like this is the mass of society to just give them their consent so i mean because you know obviously you were talking before about fleeing out to the country getting out of the cities but is it not too late to make a stand and still stop what they have coming for us mm. I don't think it's too late at all. Um, what I would do in this situation is obviously fight the fight, but at the same time, be educating yourself uh, for the other scenario. I would be doing both at the same time. I feel like that's very important and just preparing yourself on the side. Um, 
but yeah, this could go any way. Like the winner hasn't been decided yet. I've seen pushback. Like there's still rallies going on all over the world. The people aren't stopping. And, and the governments around the world, like they haven't really told us, like they haven't laid all the cards out on the table yet. But once they do, once they tell us exactly what they want, I don't believe the people are going to have it. And, and they're in a very dangerous position. Everyone that's been lying to us from Daniel Andrews, Scott Morrison, uh, Brett Sutter, and all the other premiers, uh, the police force doing the dirty work as well. All these people, like they're in a very dangerous position for themselves because as soon as the tides turn, as soon as they realize that the people aren't shutting up and, and people like us, like with things like action week, with putting out flyers in people's homes, as people come up with more and more, um, smart things to be able to educate people uh, and coming up with new ideas. And as we're doing this on a global scale, I do believe there may and there will come a point where the majority of the population sees it. And then it's like, okay, so we see it now, everyone who was doing the wrong thing, we, they're dealt with um, accordingly. I, I do feel that, but of course not. I don't think it's time to flee at all right now. But I do at the same time know that it's important to be educating yourself and doing the work on the side to prepare yourself because they're already telling you what they're going to do. Like we may still very well be in this fight this time next year or even, you know, and, and by this time next year, we like, cool, we might still be speaking up, but then what happens when the power goes out? It's like, mm. oh, okay, you've been in the fight, but you never prepared yourself uh, on, on the other side. So that's where I say to be doing both at the same time and, and ask around, like, as soon as I'm unbanned from Facebook, I want to be collaborating with more people that know about uh, farming, growing vegetables. I want to be linking people to that stuff like energy. What solar power panels should you get? What batteries are the best? Uh, how to collect water, just all stuff like that, because I feel like that's very important. And um, please, people, if you're watching this and listening to this, just do your research on that end. Make, make it a priority to learn because mm. you know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah. A few important points you touched on there that I just want to, I guess, drill in there. First thing, like you said, I, I definitely agree. It's really time to start educating ourselves on self-sufficient living. This is something I'm not very good at, but what I have been saying is, look, if there's a community that's going to be ready to take me in, or I'm already kind of living in a bit of a community and we're discussing, you know, would we go off grid at some point? Now, not everybody in my community I live in is on the same wavelength about some of this COVID stuff, but we're all on the same wavelength of like, you know, we could actually all move off, get off the grid and like live a good life if if this is where the world's going, which is, I think that's that's a good place to be. But I think educating yourself on that front, for me, I'm just like, all right, I can cook good food. I'll be the chef in the community, you know? <laughs> but I, I definitely need to do more on that front. But that's something very important. Um, the next thing that I want to touch on that I think is important because you said something and I just want to go here for a second. You said, if they played their whole hand as to what they want, the people wouldn't have it. And this is what we've actually seen them do. They just very slowly play one little card at a time and then they just play another one and then they see a bit of resistance and then they pull back a little bit and then they, they go a little more and they pull back and it's like this big push and pull, push and pull. And I see it as like, they're just trying to slowly wear us out and bend us into submission. And like, what, what, what do you think it is that they ultimately want? Like if they could have everything I wanted now, what do you think it would be? Well, right now I've already seen on TV where they're talking about uh, vaccinations and they say, oh, they're not mandatory. It's not mandatory, but 
unless you have a, a COVID-19 vaccination, uh, then you won't be able to travel internationally. So they just put out that, they just put that out like it's nothing. Mm. So that's already a card that they've played. And I haven't seen the pushback really. I think the, I think a lot of people around the world could already see that um, coming. Mm. Um, and because the majority of the population don't believe that uh, we are being lied to, they're going to get their way uh, about that. So it is it is a huge shame in terms of that, but that doesn't mean that it can just all be removed once once they're um once they're all revealed and the people realize what this truly is. Um, but I'd say that's the main one, getting everyone vaccinated, and it's going to be interesting what they say in terms of employees. Uh, oh, sorry, employers being able to sack employees if they don't have the COVID jab, um, mm. where we can go into, if we can go into shopping centers or not, whatever it is, uh, without the vaccine. Um, because I feel like the vaccine's a major one that they haven't released all the cards for. Um, and I do feel like it's going to take a while as well, because mm. we know the rollout, uh, they want everyone vaccinated all the way up until like October. That's when all the ages could have been vaccinated. Um, I feel like it's only a matter of time until the governments around the world see the percentage of people who have willingly been vaccinated. Um, and then once they see those percentages, they can move on forward and, and see what other restrictions they'll have on people when it comes mm. to that. I feel like that is what they're waiting for. And that's really what this time is about now. And that's why we see these articles, like they're attacking anti-vaxxers so hard. They're trying to make us look like terrorists when really people are just educating others. Like I've, I've met so many vaccine injured people uh, in this whole movement. Like I never knew there were so many people who have been vaccine injured in my life until I came close to this. So no, we're not anti-vaxxers. We're the ones that ask questions and we're trying to, uh, we're trying to educate people like there are over there's like tens of thousands if not i'm sure there's over 20,000 by now plus of people in the US who have already been vaccine injured from the covid-19 Pfizer vaccine for mm. sure like there was already 10,000 like a few weeks ago and i need to see the updated website uh to do with that and there was already over 1,000 i'm sure it's way more now like deaths that have happened post covid vaccine uh, and obviously, as you said uh, near the start of this episode, that obviously they're not linking it to COVID, uh, to the vaccine at all. It's a bit mm -hmm. like when people were dying of all these other things and they put it down for COVID. But now that people are dying after taking the vaccine, they say, oh, no, it wasn't the vaccine. They, were ju they just died of old age. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, th and they were priming us for it beforehand as well. They're like, oh, when old people start dying after getting the coronavirus vaccine, there is nothing to be concerned about mm. it's to be expected yeah and no you got you you had something yeah i want to say about you know like how they did that whole thing on the news about the old the elderly the two people or whatever the amount of number was how they got like four times the dose of the vaccine so they made it such a big story so they make it seem like okay we got the the most oldest people in society. We got two of them. We gave them a four times dose of the vaccine and they didn't die. So the fact that they'll say that they didn't die, I haven't been updated with it, but the fact that they got no injuries, they didn't die, that they make it seem like it's safe for the whole population. But it's like, how come they couldn't do this for COVID? How come they couldn't do this for all the 20 plus 30 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds that got COVID and recovered the 99.98 plus. Like I'm, I'm sure it's like not, it's a hundred percent recovery rate. I'm sure it is, but 
like how come it couldn't be like that for COVID? And and we know because they have their own agendas and we've seen it play out and, and people need to start questioning it and start facing it. Like stop being distracted with, with your Netflix, with your sports, um, with YouTube, like wherever you're looking, just look at the world, at, at how it's been played out and, and look into it. Stop distracting yourself and ask the, ask the questions. Mm. It's funny you say that because there actually was a time where they did post some positive news about COVID. I remember very early on a story from China of a woman who was like over a hundred years old, survived COVID and like the news went global. It was like, yay, we can beat COVID. This hundred year old lady beat COVID. But when it came time for it to hit Australian shores and for the premier's estate to start wiping the constitution with their ass, just like, yep, mm. here we go. Let's just not give a fuck about the law anymore. Excuse my French. Um, <laughs> oh no. It's, it's the worst thing in the world and be, be very afraid. And look, here's all these people dying that uh, maybe not actually dying from COVID, but they're dying. And you, you question it and people are like, mm. how dare you be so insensitive about something that's killing people? People are dying. And it's like, have you lost your mind? People die yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've been dying since forever. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and then you look at the death counts of, of all over the world, like, the, the deaths compared to the previous years in, in most, if not all the countries, like they're, they're the same number or they're even less than, mm. you know, it's, so it's like, where's the pandemic? Where, where is it? Shouldn't surely we would be in excess of all those millions and millions of deaths, but we simply have not been. Mm -hmm. um, but getting back to another point we talked, we did touch on earlier. So we're talking about, um, what, what kind of restrictions is going to be implemented in society? So what, what, what I think, what I understand as well is the Australian government, they've put together a plan to get a smartphone app for your proof of vaccination. It'll be like a tap and go. And so what I kind of see is everywhere you scan your QR code, you'll be scanning your proof of vaccination, but they're also going to be mm. starting to require it at more and more places as time rolls on. Mm. Uh, so I, I really think we're going to get to a point where quite similar to Israel, you don't have your proof of vaccination um, the, the best you'd be able to do at all will be grocery shopping. And I, I think the thing as well is that we don't necessarily have a legal framework that would allow them to pass mandatory vaccine laws, but we've already seen just how much they completely disrespect and disregard the Australian constitution um, just by the state premiers. Um, and we just have no regard at all for the human rights. And what I think I can see is if they're able to pull together like the scrungiest piece of data that actually says that the vaccines are as effective as what they say now. So, you know, now they say Pfizer says 95% efficacy based on seven days, right? Hmm. If, if they're able to somehow reproduce those numbers over a broad percentage of the population, I reckon they will be able to probably justify passing a mandatory vaccination law at some point, if they're able to show that it does work. Hmm. I, I, I mean, a lot of people don't think it'll go that far. I, I, I think it, I think it really could. If people aren't ready to say like no now, um, and I think the thing is, uh, there's a lot of people that are quite silent at the moment, and I get why you're silent because as somebody who's spoken up on his personal social media, I know how quickly people just drop away from you, how quickly people just start calling you names, and just start throwing under the sun. I've been called a terrorist from family friends when I published footage from the protest at the shrine on the 23rd of October, she was like, Oh my God, wow. this terrorist is stealing Christmas. And I'm like, are you serious? This person's not even in Victoria. It's like, I've been in lockdown for like seven months. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm finally out of the house, and you're like, I'm a terrorist. Yeah, you're in, you're like, you're in Tasmania, like just living a normal life, like nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's probably why my my friends list, particularly being from Tasmania, is quite asleep because they haven't really had any real restrictions yet. I saw them complaining because they couldn't dance in nightclubs, but then <laughs> come jump at me when I'm like, hey, we live in a police state. There's drones flying over my house every five minutes, and people mm. are like, shut up, it's for your safety. Yeah. I can't leave my home after what was it, 8 p.m. Yeah. We got a curfew. Oh, I can't go further than five kilometers. I got to wear a mask everywhere I go. I can't see my family and friends. I can't group gather. Can't do any of that. I, I can't work. You see? And people justify it to like, well, at least it kept you safe. You've got no COVID now. And then what happens? Like, what did New Zealand do? Go into lockdown over one case yesterday. Yeah. And Jacinda Ardern, she's a scary woman. Did you see that clip of her when they're talking about their camp? So they put all the positive people in. They're like, but you'd be in there for 14 days. And if you don't take your test, you won't leave. Yeah, I remember that. And even when she said about the misinformation, she goes, look, if the information about COVID is not from an official government website, then it's misinformation. And she just does her evil smile. Yeah. (laughs) And the misinformation, when people say you're spreading misinformation i i think it's important to challenge them some guy left a comment mm. on one of my videos the other day and he said everything i said was misinformation which it wasn't um and then i said what was misinformation and then he proceeds to reply to me with a comment full of misinformation saying that the vaccine's been approved by some of the highest standards including the fda which um sorry it hasn't actually been approved by the fda it's got emergency use authorization that's not a full approval whatsoever um quite similar tga is given a two-year provisional approval which could be revoked at any time that's also not a full approval he said oh it's been i said where's the long-term safety testing he goes oh it's been tested mm. on tens of thousands no that's not long-term safety analysis they, they've been jabbing people with it for what a handful of months yeah and then they just get those results and then whatever happens to them after that it's like oh no it wasn't caused by the vaccine no not yeah. at all not um one of the things I think is most important in this time is actually having a solid and grounded relationship with God. And I think that's going to be the most important things moving forward. Um, I, I believe what the Bible says, especially when it's telling us, you know, if God is for me, who could be against me? Um, and so I, I understand if you've been, you've been kind of developing a bit of a relationship with God lately. Yeah, I'd say in the last few months, maybe more, it's been slowly, slowly. Like I've always believed in in a higher power of some sort, uh, but it touches different when you ask for certain things to be shown to you uh, to a certain God, or to a certain God, um, and then it sort of plays out, and and you you sort of can't ignore that. Like it's too much of coincidences happening when you're asking for it to. Yeah, like you just know. I feel like you know deep down uh, that, yeah, that there is a God um, in that way. And I feel like I've always been uh, protected in that way. I've always, um, like wherever I've gone, I've always had faith in in myself and that the opportunities will come and things will be shown to me to to be able to maneuver myself forward um, and even recently be uh, protected uh, in that way. So, yeah, I have been building i'd say or, or coming closer uh, and having that relationship um but yeah it's, it's ongoing it's still it's still just yeah ongoing but i'm yeah. sure i'll i'll get there soon enough it, 
it's a work in progress. And, and the way I find yeah. it is God, God meets you where you are. But uh, mm. I, I think one of the things I want to draw out from you is you, you had a little testimony from the other weekend. I mean, would you be willing to share this one while we got you here? Yeah, sure. So uh, what happened before the protests on the 20th, myself and my girlfriend, we actually went through, uh, I think it's called a ver- it's a verse. It was called the armor of God. And we went over it a couple of times. Um, and it basically talks about putting on like the breastplate, uh, having a sword and they all have different meanings as to why you have each like you have the helmet uh what else was it the yeah i said breastplate uh the belt um and belt of of truth belt of truth okay and even the and something about being grounded on the floor like The, the um the so the good news um the sandals of good news i believe so yeah, uh, the helmet yeah. the helmet of salvation, <laughs> salvation the breastplate yeah. of righteousness the belt of truth the shield of faith and the sword and of something the sword of something yeah 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 it's a fe- yeah. i know I, I know the reference it's ephesians 6 and i think verses 10 to 12 yes yeah correct yeah so what happened is we went over that before the protest because uh we're like sure like we have to be protected like going in because we are up against evil uh, and bad people. So we did that, ended up going to the protest, things went well. But at the end of the protest, uh, as I was going with a few friends and my girlfriend back to uh, the car, we were like running across the field. I was holding all these signs, like the protest signs as we're, as we're like, literally we see all the cops coming from the side, the people on, you know, the horses and stuff. We're like, oh crap, all right. Um, I was holding the signs and for some reason I wasn't letting go and they were heavy. Like I should have just dropped them on the field and just kept going because they were like the wooden ones. Um, anyways, I kept running and then my girlfriend just decided to drop her, to drop her sign that she was holding. Um, and the sign had the words, the truth shall, shall uh, set you free. And there was like another verse on the back of that. Um, and I decided to pick it up. I don't know why I picked it up, kept holding on to them. And then we got into, we went, like across the road we went into like a few streets to get to where my car was parked and then out of nowhere there was this these there were these two cops on their motor on their motorbikes who came up to us um just from yeah ages away and i as i was crossing the street the guy he was like probably a few meters away and i was like on the side of him and he goes you stop right there uh and then i ended up walking around him um sort of and i was and i was in front of him with, with holding the signs in front of me. And then before I could even say anything or do anything, as I faced him, he's just gone and rammed and rode straight into me. And this is like, this is a few meters away on his motorbike. And mind you, this mm. is the motorbike, like the big cop motorbike. I, I couldn't even believe what happened, but anyways, so he hit the sign. Like I, I wasn't hurt from it. I wasn't hurt at all. And he's hit this sign. And the way I saw it is that the signs I was holding were, was the, uh, the shield based mm. upon the, the verses that the verse that we are uh, read twice in the morning. And because he hit the shield, um, they, they went on the floor and I'm pretty sure one of them even cracked that I was holding. And then I was able to jump over the fence and I was able to get away. Like they, they came um, twice around the street trying to find me, but they couldn't. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. And mm. I felt like, I was really protecting those moments and that I was holding those signs for a reason, even though I had no reason to hold them. And the fact that I picked up my girlfriend's sign along the way as well. Um, so I think it's things like that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll talk just quickly on another experience. Um, this was when I was yeah, yeah like going to my girlfriend's house, like she, I needed to get to her. 
Um, and I was looking at this Land Rover because I was looking for it for a very long time because I was looking at um, having a caravan, like a fully off-grid caravan. Um, and I was looking at it all day for the first time, like the first time I was looking at this car and I even set it as my, my computer background. And I'm like, all right, this is the car I'm looking at. Anyways, when I went out for the first time on the road to go and see her, um, like when I was at the traffic light intersection, it had the number plate um, Lobos, which is the last name of my, uh, of my mum's mum. And I, like that was the exam number plate on the back of that exact car. And I'm like, what the hell? And, and it ties in because like there was, there was basically spiritual things going on, like the reason why I had to leave home. Uh, and why I did leave home. And, and that sort of showed me like, I'm sort of at the right place at the right time. And that I have faith in, in what I want or, or not even that, that, that thing with the Land Rover might even come true that I'll get it one day. I think that's like, besides the point, I think it's just more so that uh, my journey and where I'm going, like I'm being taken care of and, and not even myself, because like my journey includes a lot in terms of people. Like it's, I'm all about community, all about uh, building people up, uh, bringing people together and speaking up for truth. So yeah. And just improving your life. So I feel like that was yeah quite important. So that's like another thing that sort of moved me closer too. Mm. And look, that, that's a powerful thing. And I, I guess when it comes to like, let's say God, for example, um, like the way the Bible frames it is like, why do you worry for things? Like he looks after the sparrows of the fields. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. They eat. So don't you think that your father in heaven loves you much more than the sparrows? Um, and I, I just want to go back and just touch on that, that first story again, just in relation to that cop. How, how fast was he going when he hit you? Do you think? Um, I'm not too sure. He's just because he, he only had really a few meters to actually like go forward because he was actually at a stop from when he did. Um, I'm not sure how fast, but he did knock into me. Like, I know, I guess as quick as your motorbike can go from start to, to end in those three meters. Yeah. Mm. But he did knock me. Like I was, I was sort of in shock. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like he didn't ask me for my name. He didn't say anything like that. Um, I just, I just sort of looked at him and he just ran me. It's like, that's, that's not right at all. That's not what cops should do. And nah. I'm very, and I will be putting in a, um, a formal complaint because I know the complaints go to a, what's it called? It's like their own indep independent body. Um, mm. So they sort of deal with that. Yeah, that's shocking. Well, I hope that gets dealt with in the, hopefully in a good manner, if it's gone through their internal process. Yeah. Um, but I guess a few points I want to nail off here is that when it, when it comes to God, the way I find it is that like he gives you what you ask for and that we should be unashamed when we go to ask for things from him. And I think especially it says, you know, if you ask the father for something and it is in his will, it'll be done so that he will be glorified. So if what you're asking for is in line with God's will, it'll be done. And I think I'm going to, we'll get on to action week in a moment and then I'll let you go. Cause we're getting a little bit late, but before we get to um, action week, I think one of the things that I want to kind of drill out there is that I really and wholeheartedly believe that this is more than just an information war. It is a spiritual war. And we definitely need to be out there standing up for the right things, doing things like what, you, what, you're, what you're putting forward with Action Week. But I also think that this is a war that needs to be won in the spirit as well. And I, I think one of the biggest things that we, that we need to start doing is getting in our prayer closets and coming against the principalities and the darkness and the rulers of the air, because that's what, that's what we're told. It says, your battle is not against flesh and blood. 
it is with the principalities and the darkness of the air. And I think that when we actually start praying in the spirit and we actually start asking God to tear down these kingdoms and to, you know, take down these darkness and the principalities, he will begin to do so. But we need to start actually asking God to tear down these principalities. And I think if we start praying and winning the spiritual warfare and doing the right things, we will start to really see change. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I think so as well. I think that's very true. And um, I think it is important for people to do so. And, and of course, I think you should ask because if you never ask for direction, like even if it's in this movement, like what can I do? So if you don't ask, you won't receive. So, so ask and, and it will be shown to you. And I, I do wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. And I do feel like people should make that effort to try and, and come closer uh, to God in that way. If, if they haven't already, like, at least for me, like I was sort of rejecting it. Um, I'd say probably like, I don't know how many months ago, probably six or five months ago. Um, when people were telling me about this, I was like, nah, like, nah, can't be. But then when I asked because to open myself up to it, that's when those signs were shown. And that's like that Land Rover incident. Like I asked and I'm like, what the hell, this is too much of a coincidence. Like who the hell has Lobos as their last name? Like no one has that. It's like Chilean last name uh, and like on the land rover the car I was looking at and it's like yeah that so that you'll know deep down in you that there's most certainly something there if you don't believe so yet mm, yeah 100 and that's the other thing you can ask god to reveal things to you and he will as well and i think mm. maybe just one other point that i guess i i want to make on this topic as well is that it's not just about winning the spiritual warfare against praying against these principalities but it's also for spiritual warfare putting on the armor of god like what mm. you did we're living in times that are absolutely crazy it is absolutely insane um for me personally if i didn't have god in my life right now i don't know how i would have any peace or any joy or any happiness because i still have joy happiness and peace in my life and that is whilst having an awareness that potentially there is an awful worldwide agenda against humanity playing out. And it's one of the most horrible things you can possibly conceptualize your mind around. So I also think mm. spiritual warfare also involves asking God to keep, to keep you with your joy, with your peace, with your sanity, with your sound mind. And there's a lot of confusion as well. So sometimes when you can't discern information, like also asking God, like, Hey, I don't know if this is right or if that's right. And I'm, I'm getting mixed signals here. Like you can ask him for that direction and he, he will make it quite clear to you. Um, I guess the only thing is when it comes to God, and this, this is um, one of the bigger points is that he'll make it clear to you, but you might not always like the answer. And then you have a choice as to what path you take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Um, all right. So let's talk about what something that anybody watching this right now can do, which is something that you've put together, which I think is absolutely great. And I'll get the share screen on here and you, I'll get you to tell us about, about this. So this is action week. Sure. Yes. So this is action week. Um, there was an action week, I think it was like a few weeks ago. So what it basically is, is you go on the website, raffernandez.com forward slash action week. I'm going to post the, a link in the comments now. Awesome. And you have the, oh, I'll just wait for you to post the link. Yeah. And it's can great I people this? align with what we were talking about just before. Mm. It's amazing. Yep. Anyways. Yeah. So I updated this today. So educate the masses round two, a week of action. So today should have started and it ends on Sunday, but really we should just keep on going with this. So you go on the website, 
you print out the provided material. So you scroll down a little bit and you have all of those links on the left that you can see are mm -hmm. the pamphlets. So you can click any of them. It opens up the PDF file and you can print them out. You print out whatever you want, uh, whatever you're most interested in. You can do the seven way, you can do the thinking of taking the AstraZeneca vaccine. So that one was a new one done by Steph, which is amazing. Uh, Where's that one? I've got this one open actually. Awesome. Anyway, yeah, sorry, keep one. talking. Yeah, that too. Talking about how they're unavoidably unsafe, which was done in Congress in 1986. So that's what I was telling you like before we actually started this live stream. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you can go out. That's a pretty funny one. <laughs> it's just like a bit of a Stop joke. listening to Daniel Andrews. Turn off your TV. And I, I guess, look, for anybody that might be watching from the US and the UK, whether it be live right now or later on as well, um, this I think this is a really great initiative and it's a really creative way to try and... Um, I guess, tear down some of the barriers of resistance that you might have with people. It's just like, they might look at this and sure they might, some people might think this is a load of rubbish and throw it away, but other people might actually look at this and you might change their mind. And mm. if you change one person's mind, yeah. you could change one person's life. And if that one person can change somebody else's mind, it could some change somebody else's life. I mean, the compounding effects of this could be endless, really. I've never, like reading it now, like properly, I've never seen how um impactful that is i feel like that's a really good one to turn the people who haven't been turned yet by mm -hmm. by reading this one even though it is a bit of a joke and having fun but still it's i think it's a really good one yeah mm. so yeah basically the whole point print out these flyers letterbox drop them i know i said like you should put them on cars in the shopping centers but apparently that's illegal so like you shouldn't be doing it so don't put it on cars but you can be putting it in letterboxes do 50 100 a day just went out whenever you go out for your walk just go on a street and just put them in educate your community about these vaccines like we know we get censored online we know we can't have our message uh, really heard at protest because the police just kettle us um because they're obviously being told by the people higher up with agendas that we cannot be heard um so this is an incredible way you can't be stopped you're not really group gathering uh and you're not doing anything wrong completely legal and you're not going to be censored doing it. So get yeah. out there, um, go do it. And as I said, choose your own flyer that you most align with. Uh, and yeah, even go out with your, go out with a couple friends if you want to as well. Like if they all align with it, uh, instead of just staying in for dinner, just have some dinner and say, you know what, guys, let's go out for half an hour. Let's go hand out these flyers. And I've made sure that for the majority of these flyers are just in black and white. So if you're thinking about ink um, and if you don't have a colored printer, that's fine. You can still print it out and not waste a lot of uh, ink if that's an issue for you as well. So mm. I've tried to make it as easy as possible, just the website, download them, and then you go out there uh, and do your thing. It's an absolute great initiative you've done here. Um, and like you said, you can't be censored. You won't get kettled by cops. Uh, but uh, did I see the ABC wrote an article about this? They might... <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, you did. Uh, so, yeah. They, did they, did they put your face on that article as well? I'm just trying to recall it now. No, nah, they didn't put my face, but they talked about vaccine misinformation, but they didn't care to, to touch on any of the misinformation that was actually on these flyers because it turns out the the links that are given out on these flyers, like they're coming from government websites, they're coming from uh, TGA, Therapeutics Good as, as Administration Australia, uh, it's coming from proper sources, like government sources. So where's the information? And if it's been some information, how about you, you bring it up and then talk about it. 
and, and write down where we're wrong. Because all I saw was that it's anti-vax misinformation and that it's a movement you shouldn't listen to. Yeah, but they can't prove how or why it's misinformation. Instead, they'll, they'll exactly. just write something nice and slanderous about you. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. Exactly. <laughs> but but anyways, guys, this is what we can do to take some action. I'm just, mm. I'm just reading a couple of comments here. I just want to say, Debbie's just said she's tuning in. 5.45 in the US right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. And you see, this is one of the things that's been giving me hope recently, Raf. So um, just recently, I've come across a, a sea of new followers and quite a few from Australia, quite a few in the US and the UK as well. And as we, we start talking about these things, you know, I'm, I'm getting comments from people all over the world and they're just like, thank you. This gives me hope. And all I want to say is like, thank you to you guys because mm. you give me hope. And as we're able to continue continue to i guess build these communities whether it be online or in person and you know be able to share these ideas and build each other up and come up with great creative solutions so yours right here is the action week i mean mine's more intellectual like one of my ideas is what i think for, for australia could be that we need businesses that are going to say no to this mm. like health passport crap we need business yep. owners and people with money coming together and just starting new businesses now obviously that's difficult if the government can just shut your business but we also have mobile phones and the ability to run businesses purely online so i think i might be able to see how a wave of some radical entrepreneurship might be able to shake up the waters mm. a bit and keep us in a less tyrannical world but that's just one of my ideas i'm kind of floating around um yeah, <laughs> anyone want to take on that idea go for your life um I'm, I'm i know someone who's actually putting together some um trying to put together communities and business leaders as well but she actually got censored off her own page she put together a page just to put together business leaders for in australia to start talking about these things and facebook won't let her post to her own community mm. they censored it <laughs> can you believe that wow. yeah it's crazy yes yeah. that's, that's the type of climate we're in right now mm. But like in terms of ideas and stuff like that, like people like come up with things, try and come up with things besides protesting, because I feel like there are many smart ideas that we can do, um, like going to testing stations, like going to where people are actually going to be taking the jab because it's completely legal. Hey, whoa, 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 oh, whoa, whoa. I just wrote articles about that. Sorry. Not, no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't. As long as you don't break into the facility and actually find out where they're getting these vaccines from and doing whatever. But it doesn't mean you can't protest at the front of the building with a sign uh, or even handing out flyers to people that are about to go in. Like that's, mm. that's completely uh, peaceful and that's completely out of love and, and out of compassion for other people. But, but yeah, but yeah, don't be doing what the mainstream media claim we're going to do, even though yeah, no one actually. You, you scared me there, man. Am I, I, no. I going to get a knock on my door later tonight? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> AFP, was AFP tuning in? Mm. <laughs> the, what is it, Task Force Lotus? I mean, if you're tuning in, just know we're both two very, very peaceful men. We don't incite anything like that whatsoever. Yeah, we're just no here violence. to spread information, good vibes, a little bit of love. You know, that's, that's what this is all about. And I think we need to be the movement of love. So, one of the final things, I guess I want to take away. I think sometimes when we try to talk to people, especially about what's going on and try and bring them awareness, it's hard to get through to people. And what I think happens is they're in a state of fear, but it's also we come across in a state of fear too, because so much of this mm. stuff is concerning. What winds up happening is we're talking to them from a place of fear. And then you've got fear clashing against fear. And you've just got two egos that have opposite beliefs. And the message is never going to get through because the ego is ultra resistant. Um, and so I think 
what we also need to do is we need to try and be the embodiment of love at the same time. So yeah, we could still try to talk about these concerning ideas, but finding a way to do it out of love, but also just being able to show the people around you love. I mean, walking the walk is a lot more than just talking the talk. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think that's probably <laughs> about all I had to say on that point. Uh, Raf, when you're out of Facebook jail, where can we find you? Uh, so you can find me, yeah, basically Rafael Fernandez on Facebook. I'm unbanned in about 23 days, so I'm counting it by the days. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram as well at Raf Fernandez. So Raf is R-A-P-H and then Fernandez, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. Uh, I'm on YouTube as well under Rafael Fernandez, except I've got one more strike until my channel's deleted. Oh, that's what I need to say. I'm on Telegram. So I think mm. Telegram is where I'm mainly going to be posting now because it, uh, the sensors don't really touch you there. So I have a channel. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So if you want to find me on Telegram, it's at Raf Fernandez as well. You'll find the channel there. And then, so there's a channel. I think that's the channel where it's just me typing so I can update you guys. But then I also have like a group community one where we can all interact with each other. Uh, that one's called Raf Town but I actually need to give you the, the link for that one. But that's in that telegram of at Raf Fernandez. So you can find it there. Mm. All right. Look, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on with you tonight, Raf. Um, look, while you're still in Facebook jail, if you feel the need to rant about something, you're welcome to just hit me up and we can jump on another live. If you need to just like unload the clip, you're more than yeah. welcome on the show anytime. We'll definitely have you on again at some point, um, at some stage. Uh, look, other than that, people, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you all join us this evening. If you haven't already, make sure you smash the hearts, give this a share, because I'm sure there was a lot of valuable information here that people on your page need to be aware of. And as I always say, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you all and peace out.